Good morning. Excuse me, my library. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. It's time to go out into the streets and minister. Psalms 27:14. Wait for the Lord. Be courageous and let your heart be strong. Wait for the Lord. That is what was said at a men's gathering in a gym. There were many questions on how to, what to, and whom to minister to. But a man had prayed for days asking God for an answer to be led. The correct way to minister. Onto the streets, his prayer was answered. He came back to the gym and told the others about the answer that God placed in his heart. Of course, the men heard this and groaned and saying, I don't know about that. Are you sure? Following week, that man went to a park and took some basketballs, a Gatorade container of water, and of course, his Bible. For three weeks, no one showed up at the park. And even his wife asked that he no longer go. It saddened her to see her husband come home saying nobody was at the park. The word of this came to the ears of a Gideon. Praying with this man and sharing a scripture, one came to heart. Psalms 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be courageous and let your heart be strong. Wait for the Lord. On the fourth week, that man again went to the park. This time, he, see, he saw three men playing basketball at the courts, picking up his Gatorade container filled with water basketball and his Bibles, he walked to them, walking on the court, he boldly asked if he could pray for them. The three men took a few steps back, and one saying, you want to pray for us? This man said yes, and the men kept staring at the new basketballs. Can we play with those new basketballs? The man said, if I can pray with you. The ministry today has grown to be a great outreach from three men to as many as 200 plus Men, women, and teens gathering together. And the man who had the basketballs, the Gatorade container filled with water, and of course his Bible, is now a Gideon, and I am now going on my 14th year. (laughs) Let me introduce myself. My full given name, I'll, I'll share with just a moment, but the part I want to introduce to you is that Something took place three weeks ago and has something to do with this entire church. I just found out that you are all studying James. Is that correct? James. Oh, awesome. I spent a lot of time in jail. Yes. And I spent a lot of time going to juvenile detention center. So a few weeks ago, I, I went and I shared something with the kids, and it was James. One. So I decided... In the last few weeks, you know, to come here and talk about that. But the reason I, the way I found out is that you happen to have somebody that goes to this church's name is Glenn Christensen. As a board member for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, we were up in Michigan and he kind of brought it up and everything. I go, hey, guess what? I just came out of the jail just before I got here. And that's what we were talking about. I said, you know what? I think that's what I'm going to do when I come over here. I'm going to bring up the same thing what I did at Juvenile Detention Center. So last night... Tell my wife, I said, honey, I've got a lot of things on my mind. Would you mind selecting a shirt and a tie for me so I can wear to church tomorrow? She goes, okay. 
So she comes out and she puts us out and my Levi's and everything else. And you're probably wondering about my shoes. I'll fill that in. And I said, boy, that's a coincidence. This is the same outfit I wore in juvenile detention center. I said, I'm going to wear it here today too. She goes, what about those shoes? This is what I wore. The kids liked it. So that being said, my full given name is Leroy Orlando Francisco Martinez Jr. I'm a rich, I was born in Los Angeles, California. I just found out from one of the pastors that uh, he knows where I came from. Uh, the area that I was born called Alhambra. I think he pronounced it Alhambra. <laughs> I come from a family of seven. I have uh, two younger brothers. I'm, I'm the oldest. And I have four sisters, a mom and dad. Um, we came in from Los Angeles to Denver, and we were always raised in the projects. They're government homes, so I don't know if a lot of you folks know what they are. They're, what we were at was a Columbine projects, and they were all one level. They were all brick, and uh, there was no such thing as carpet. Um, seven people, one bathroom, housing projects. That was like that in California when I was born, and it was like that when I went to Denver. The other thing is, is that while I was being raised in Denver, I was uh, raised in the wrong crowd, you might say. And I was always in trouble. There was always courts. There was always jails and things like that. So just to give you a little idea of my background, I read this part here because this is what happens when you put your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. You become things that you never thought you would become. Some of you guys know who I am even further from that. So, and some of you know I'm going to say it. I'm a former gangbanger. Yeah, yeah. And I live in a small town called Archbold. All of us used to walk in the city. And matter of fact, my wife and my children, we were back in Denver and everything else. And my brother sat down with my son and my daughter explaining about your daddy, what he used to do and all that. This is true what he's saying. And this is what you got to learn. And this is what you got to understand. Now, what I'm sharing with you, I'm sharing with the juvenile detention center. At that time period, there was 19 kids. And before I walked into the gym of these 19 kids, the officers, we have a clearance here, uh, would tell the kids that uh, the pastor or chaplain is coming in. So I'd be walking in, and all of a sudden, they're all in the gym, boys and girls. They're separated. Whoever wants to leave and not stick for church service, stand against the wall over here. Two boys walk against the wall. And I kind of like faced against them. And I'm just thinking, man, I must have did a bad job. That's what I'm thinking. And while my eyes were closed, these boys and these girls aloud said, hey, you can't go. This is the dude we were talking about. This is the dude we're talking about. The kids lean against the wall and he goes, I'm not into that religious. Cuckoo. I'm just still facing the other way. You don't understand. This is a guy that brings his Bible. He talks about it. He gives stories. He has videos. you got to stay, man. The two guys, one turned around. And he goes, okay. And he walks back. Now we got 20. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So he sits down. And most of the kids that are there, are locked up, and they have no freedom. And the reason I let you know that, because right now, all of us in this room, we can get up and out the door, right? Right? Go to the other room, 
I just saw the young man over here, just like, coffee. You know, no sweat, you know. These kids, when they come in, when they come in, they're wearing an orange outfit, and they have these orange-type thongs that they wear, and they have to walk like this. Good morning, sir. Good morning, ma'am. Wow, sounds like something I was grows, grew up as, you know. But here's the thing. The young man asked the question, why are you here? What are you going to tell us to make us feel better? Good question. How many of you are tired of this? Their hands. You want to know why I'm here? To teach you to do this. Your choice. This or this. So I thought, do you understand? And he he said, kind of. I go, do you believe that it's easier to do bad than it is to do good? And their hands all went. Do you believe that there's a God that loves you at all times? Not your parole, not your probation. You make one mistake with any of those two things I just said just now. What happens to everybody? Yeah, we're back here again. Yeah, yeah, we're back here. Yeah, you're back here. So once they find out that this man and other people that go into those cell blocks who proclaim the words of Jesus Christ, they need to hear that. The same way like we need to hear it here. And today I'm, I want to share with you the things that are being said not only as, well, as a Gideon, but I'll fill you in on some other things. There's a good friend of mine, and maybe many of you know who it is. He's my teacher and he's my mentor. And I will tell you the things uh, that he has taught me throughout this time period. His name is John Wilson, and he's from Archibald, Ohio. He's been with me ever since the first day I got in trouble. And that's probably why he has so many gray hairs, too, so I don't don't know. know. But I just wanted to share with you a little bit about my background, okay? As a Gideon, I'm a cross-country coach. I'm a track coach. I'm a triathlete. I'm a long-distance runner, Fellowship of Christian Athlete board member, Juvenile Detention Center, CCNO, Bill Glass Prison Ministry, and I'm also a speaker for Alcohol Anonymous. Did I tell you something about that went on here? They gave me one year to live. I'm an alcoholic. They say I will be an alcoholic until the day I die. You know how I accepted it? I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm going to be a sinner till the day I die. So make up your mind, Leroy Orlando Francisco Martinez Jr. Do you want to live? Yes, I want to live. I want to live. So my wife takes me to a hospital when I was at my worst drinking. And in the hospital, to share with you, if there's any addiction in this room, listen to what I share. Because I was sitting at a desk where a doctor and a nurse were in front of me and my wife beside me and I made her feel so bad. The doctor was very bold, just came out. Boom! Mr. Martinez, this is what's wrong with you. <laughs> wow. You know, I'm saying the same thing I told the kids in juvenile detention. And here's the other thing. Can you imagine when we get to the pearly gates and thinking we got ourselves all set up and we're cool and all of a sudden this is the list that you did not Nothing. Nada. Zero. 
I think a lot of us here want to do something and get our lives straight. So here's the thing. I didn't think that. There was no Jesus Christ when I was in front of that doctor and that nurse. I got up after he told me that if you don't get yourself corrected, your life is going to be real short. I got up, told him there was nothing wrong. As I'm walking away toward the door, I actually had my hand on the door, and he raises his voice to say, Mr. Martinez, if you leave here, you will be dead in less than one year. Church family, I'm sharing with you, can you believe I actually challenged myself where somebody said, you're going to die. Nah, that's okay. That's okay. No, 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 you don't understand. You're going to die. Here comes the library. So a guy comes in. They put me in the hospital because I decide, I think I want to live. So they put me in the hospital for 30 days. This guy comes up and visits me every day. The first day he comes in, I tell him, get out of here. I want nothing to do with you. He keeps coming back. He keeps coming back. And he keeps telling me that Jesus loves you. And I have good news for you. So guess what I tell him? Okay, I'll listen. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for opening up my ears. Because here's what happened. He introduced me to a family, a church family. He introduced me to a church. I end up being baptized. And then he turns around and starts telling all these friends of his and all these Gideons and all these people at the churches and all the, the, the people that work in prisons and jails, you know, they go, hey, this Leroy Orlando Francisco Martinez Jr., you know, the former gangbanger, you know, he used to be heavy on the drugs and the alcohol. We used to cuff him. We had United States Marshals bringing him from Los Angeles, California to Denver, Colorado. You think I'm boasting? I'll tell you what, it was total mm, bad. And there's probably some of us in this room that have gone through that type of a journey. But the thing is, what I'm trying to tell you right here is that God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. And you've got to get yourself focused on that. Because here's the other thing. I came out. I've been sober for 35 years. Did I tell you they gave me one year to live? One year to live. And the thing is, what is my goal? My goal is to go out not only to go to alcohol anonymous anonymouses and go to different areas and proclaim who Jesus Christ is in my life. They have a thing there in a book, the black book. If anybody in this room knows what I'm talking about, it's called the black book. And they say the greater power, their greater power. They really do. You know what? That's cool. That's cool because the only great power I had before I even saw that black book, his name was Johnny Walker Red. Coors. Mr. Bud. Mr. Bud. Oh. And you know what? I'll tell you what. I was really getting tired of doing this. Some of us will wake up tomorrow morning and we just have another day and maybe we'll start thinking about what happened the day before. When I do this, I remind myself a lot of time periods. What I was thinking of before, I'm being handcuffed. And remembering those things the following day. So I'm coming to you, Jesus. 
I'm coming to you to take all these burdens that are on my shoulder right now and I lay them before your feet and I know you'll take care of them because I've seen the miracles that not only that you've done with me but with the kids that have been around me, the men that have been around me, the women have been around me. The ministry that has been going on in my life is going on right now for 18 years. The, what I shared with you, it started with three guys. The first brother, man, I got to tell you, he was tattooed from the top to the bottom of his toes. And the people who went with me were like, I got tight with this guy. I got tight with him. I did. Because, you know what? I married an art teacher. Dude, you got some nice stuff. He goes, yeah, my uncle did this. Yeah. Didn't it hurt on your feet? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you put that rose right there. But it was all top to bottom. But you know what was cool? Here's what I'm going to tell you. He loved Jesus. Period. Hey, you want to go over here and have some beer? No, man. Come on, man. You can do this. No, man. You want to go over here and do this? No, man. No. Remember. Remember who you're with. Remember who you're with. It's Jesus Christ. One of the things that I do as a coach is uh, I'm hired for one thing, okay? And I'll share this too. I also work for a company that they send me to universities and colleges and high school, and I teach good form running. So my job is to teach people how to breathe and how to have posture. Okay? Not this posture. But anyway, that's after running. But the other thing is breathing, to teach breathing. And when I do that, everybody goes, that's all it is to running? No. There's a few other little things here. So I always start from the inside and go out. Let's start with your heart. Then you have your heart and you have your mind and your heart. They work together. So then that way, when you have your heart and your mind working together and your soul will just flow. What? What I usually do is this. Every time I go, even with the juvenile detention kids, stand up for 10 seconds Stretch your arms and put your hands to your side. And with your eyes closed, I'm going to put the name Freedom. Think of freedom for 10 seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you something. I have never gotten so choked up in my entire life. I saw some of the kids with tears in their eyes. And their eyes are closed. I'm adding a little bit more than I had in the first service because there were some things I missed. And if I added any more, we'd be here for about two days. <laughs> so I don't want to be doing that to you at all. But one thing I do, and when I go everywhere, and the last place I did this, I was at, I was at Anthony Wayne, and they had 55 kids that I was training over there for uh, preparation to cross country, which will be starting for a few weeks. A lot of athletes, as well as a lot of us in this room, were so in much and get in a hurry that we forget to actually go to the game book. This is the game book, okay? Our Bible. Philippians 2, 1 through 5. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection of mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, Sharing the same feelings, 
focusing on one goal. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourself. Everyone should look out not only for his own concerns and interests, but also for the interests and concerns of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. Yeah, amen. Yeah, just wanted to tell you that. That, that. It's just something that's just really exciting. Growing up in Denver, Colorado, I just gave you a little bit about that, about my brothers and my sisters, but I have to tell you this part that I didn't share with the first part, is that um, my mother is my coach, my running coach. My mother on August 5th, praise God, turned 101 years old. Yes! And guess what? My sister sent me a photograph, and I think it's in my blood because of the stubbornness. She went to the doctor to get her exam, and the doctor told her that she had to use a walker. My sisters took, my four sisters, took a photograph, and she's walking with her cane away from a rock, and the rock has something leaning against it. Her walker. Yes! Yes! God's not ready. He doesn't want to take me. You know, that's cool. That's cool. And every time when I seen her and everything, she would grab me by the cheeks and she would say, no jail? No, mama. No jail. She goes, con la corazón, with your heart. Con Dios, with God. Heart, mind, soul. Runners do it as well. Walkers do it. People who praise God. When we all start off and everything, we just don't come in and go, I'm going to be a Christian. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. But anyway, I want to be a Christian. I want a label, and uh, I like to have one of those stickers I can put on my bumper. Uh, by the way, which way does the tail go? Does it go to the left or to the right? I love that one. I share a prayer. As a long-distance runner, some of you guys know that... Uh, I've, not too long ago, I went to try to qualify for the Ironman. Hopefully, some of you guys know what an Ironman is. And uh, I had to go to Indianapolis. What the Ironman is, is that they, if you qualify, you go to Hawaii, and you get to compete with the big boys of the world. So I was trying to go for that. So for a year and a half, I trained. So hard that I trained, I got away from this. I got away from Jesus. I got away from God for a year and a half. So I went to Indianapolis. I went to go swim. If you guys don't know what it is, you get in the water, you swim two miles. Get out of the water, you jump on my, on my bike, and I go 117. Come back. And then I run a full marathon. Come back. But when I was coming back, yay, everybody's hollering, yay, yay. People are following the sides and everything. It's a hot day. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm not even, I mean, God's not even a thought. I mean, I had a good time. I feel pumped. I'm going through the whole thing. And I see the like you guys have a time clock, that little green one. This one was huge. I had to qualify in 10 hours and 40 minutes. And I seen from a distance. And I, and I got through. And they're announcing my name. And the time they announced was 10 hours and 45 minutes. I was gone for 10 hours and 45 minutes. And I didn't qualify to make it 10 hours and 40 minutes. So people were asking me, you must have been angry. Praise God. Thank you. I made it. I'm sorry I was away from you, Lord. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I got my Speedos on. (laughs) 
And I'm praising God. And my brothers come and join me and everything else. I go, hey, man, you finished up. You look good. You look good. And then I had other people come up. Man, that must be really rotten, man. You know, you could have just probably something. Maybe next time you, you, when you try to qualify, maybe you need to go faster swimming or your bike. You need to tweak it out and everything else. And they went in one ear and out the other because my son Colton walked up to me and said this. Now, Dad, you'll be able to throw the football with me. Yeah, that's how far I was away from my family. A year and a half. A year and a half. So a couple nights ago, I told a few guys, I decided to go run. I'm getting ready to train for some high-altitude training. Uh, in case some of you guys want to know uh, the age group I'm running with, I just turned 70 years old. I'll be 71 in April. And I'm going to use my mom's walker. <laughs> this one I had in my... my I, I, I run with a, a camelback. And this sits in the back of my camelback. So I write... I take, I take different paths because... Uh, uh, different things come on my, my mind when you're running 15 to 18 miles. Yeah, like, God help me! No, not that. <laughs> but this came to mind, so I kept on repeating it and repeating it and repeating it in my mind. Listen to this. Lord, I pray that you would place people in front of me who need to hear your salvation message. Give me the words that you know they need to hear. Lord, you gave me this life. Please take it and use it to build your kingdom here on earth. Use me as your servant, taking me where you know your message of salvation needs to be heard. Amen. Needs to be heard. The Gideons do Bibles. And, I don't, not, and if any of you go to Fulton County Fair, check them out. But... They go to more than 200 countries, over 99 different languages. They go to areas that people don't want to go or just won't go. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is that my plate, I thought, was about this big. And I had runner. I, I, I signed up for a men's Bible study. And if any of you in this room ever said this, like, you know what? I can't do that. Uh, I have too much on my plate. Does that sound familiar? I have too much on my plate. My mentor came up to me and says, you know what? If you have God's plate, there's no such thing. So that's why I read all that stuff. I just, I just have to share with it because here's the things that I wanted to let you know is that all of us, here, like those kids in juvenile detention center, we're here today on Sunday to praise God. What I would like to have you all do is when Monday comes around is, guess what? Praise God. Praise God. 20 seconds. Every school I go to, even the university, the last one was Lord's College Cross Country uh, Team. And they stood there. These are adults. So if you're thinking that it's only good for the little kids, it's good for the adults. These guys are doctors and nurses. I'm just a simple old guy. But yet, here's the thing. 20 seconds for them. And for 20 seconds, I'll use words like, 
For now, if you have anything on your mind, place them before the Lord. Because the word I'm going to put in your mind, I want you to take that time period for 20 seconds. Don't touch anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Put your hands to your side. Close your eyes. And the name is Jesus. If you get a chance, go home and say, I wonder what that Martinez was talking about. Just stand in your living room. And think of a positive word. Close your eyes. Have your wife time you or your girlfriend or vice versa for 20 seconds. And then tell your wife what you were thinking and what was on your heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I told the kids that the week before, I wanted them to go into their pots. And if some of you don't know what a pot is, like a cell block, but... The cell blocks like the prisons and CCNO, they have a whole bunch of people in it. At juvenile detention center, it's one prisoner for each place. So it's called a pod. So I try to explain to them that every week I go there or every week that somebody else goes there in my place is that think of a scripture for these guys. So mine was James. Hey, who's this James guy? I go, man, this is cool because I get back to my old ways. Here's this. I wish I had guys like Jesus did. Man, if I had a gang back like James and my favorite one is Paul, man, we'd be tight. Can you imagine how we'd be proclaiming, hey, you can't come here. We're a school. I'm sorry. We're here in the name of Jesus Christ. Here's a story that James would have liked. Francis of Assisi once invited an apprentice to go with him to a nearby village. The young monk quickly agreed, seizing an opportunity to hear his teacher speak. When they arrived in the village, St. Francis began to, uh, to visit with the people. First he stopped in on the butcher, next a visit with a cobbler, then a short walk to the home of a woman who recently buried her husband. After that, a stop at the school to chat with the teacher. This continued throughout the morning. After some time, Francis told his disciple that it was time to, re- to return to the abbey. An abbey is a monastery. The student didn't understand, but we came to preach, he reminded. We haven't preached a sermon, haven't we? Questioned the elder. People have watched us, listened to us, responded to us. Every word we have spoken, every deed we have done has been a sermon. We have preached all morning. James would have liked that. As far as he was concerned, Christianity was more action on Monday than worship on Sunday. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? James 2 Verse 4. It's not the works that save the Christian, but that the works mark the Christian. In James' book of logic, it only makes sense that we have been given much, should give much. Not just with words, but with our lives. Or as St. Francis is noted as saying, preach without ceasing, even if you must use words. James would have liked that. A lot. When you've been studying your uh, book of James, please take your time and go over and over and over it constantly because I'll tell you what, the devil is coming after you 
over and over and over and over. I'm sorry, I, was, I thought I was talking to the athletes. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. My God is good. My God is good. My God is good. Wow. Do I do this in jails? Yeah. Yeah. There's an incident in Toledo. Maybe some of you might remember his name. He's no longer with us. His name was Low Rose. We were in a Toledo prison. I always like to share this wherever I go because here's one of the things. They had us go in there, and at that time period, they had an inmate, and they call it a yard, and it's a place where they hang out. Okay? And in that yard, they had four guards plus the towers watching this man. His crimes were so bad that he, could only, he couldn't even be with a community. So he was by himself. So we were outside and we were kind of like praying up. And all of a sudden, Lowe goes and says, I want to go out there and pray with him. Myself, I said, no, no. And then the guards are getting ready to take a step. And you know what they did? They said, wait. And they let him go. We're looking at each other, what? They walked out there. This guy was huge. He was huge. And here comes this little guy, Low Rose. He's walking up there. What do you want? And he's looking at him. And he said, I just wanted to tell you that Jesus Christ loves you and I love you. Do you know I can hurt you with one hand? Yes. Jesus Christ loves you and I love you. This happened three times. And he got mad. That That guy got mad. And then we just stopped back and we just saw something happen. Because he was still talking. We couldn't hear. He was talking. And all of a sudden, this big guy became convexed. And he kind of leaned over a little bit. And Lowe had his hand on his shoulders praying for him. Yes! God is alive and well! That's what has to be done. Everyone in this room, as together as a church family. The first thing you read here, when you get into your uh, reading of James, it says, Be joyful. For all the testing of your trials. Did I tell you they gave me one year to live? Testing of your trials. If you just got out of court, testing your trials, make it right. If you're having an argument with your wife or your, or your husband or your children, make it right. Because I'm tired of going to juvenile detention center. I'm tired of going to CCNO. I'm tired of going to all these prisons. And they're getting more and more and more bigger than it's ever been before. And they're hearing less now because of that disease that they prevented us to go into these places to proclaim who Jesus Christ is in their lives to give them that freedom. Now you're probably wondering, wait a minute, you just told us about not being able to get in the prisons and CCNO. This is strange. The last day that I was at the juvenile detention center was in December. I didn't share this with the first one. I was also the first one back. The deputy director called me up in my home and said, we would like to have you back into juvenile detention. You're going to have to mask up. Are you okay with that? Yes! Yeah, man, I'm pumped. I'm totally jacked. Let's do this. And then I get inside there. Oh, my gosh. I shared this same thought when I was at the full, uh, in Michigan, and it was a Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp, summer camp. 
And I said this, and, I'm, and I'll finish. I said this. We all have a team. And I wish I could have shared this with the first one in service too. We all have a team. Mine's Broncos and we have the Jets, whatever. And when they come on to the arena or the playing field, it's like, you're going to do it, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And then all of a sudden, I say this. Now, just imagine we're in a great arena and we just got told that Jesus Christ is going to be coming through those gates So what are you going to do about it? God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. God is alive and well. What I just said right there about Jesus walking into that field, that is a question we have to have in our life. Are you making other things worldly more better than what our God is making easily available to us? I think that's awesome. That's awesome. Family, I want to thank you very much for allowing me to come here and speak. I know there's a lot of things that some of us are having in mind on what to say or what to do, but I was in a competition the other day, and I just wrote this down, and one of the guys goes and says, You know, Martinez, you got an attitude that I cannot figure out. And this is what I told him. And this is what he wrote down for me. Refuse to be fearful about what will happen to you. God is faithful and he will take care of you. If you trust him. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. I want to say if you have a chance that uh, you want to speak to me. Uh, you can find me on the street. I run a lot. Please don't hit me with your car. I bump a lot. But you know what? You know what? Do me a favor when you get home. Try it. Just take 20 seconds. Believe me, my heart is with every one of you in this room right now. There's something in our hearts that we need to get out of the way. And let's just see in 20 seconds if you can just ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to come upon the vessel that He has given you to proclaim that Jesus is alive and well. He is our Savior. And we thank Father God for His only begotten Son who died on our cross as a reminder to us in this room. On the third day, He arose from the dead. He was alive then. And ladies and gentlemen and church family and band that's right behind me, be pumped up. God is alive and well now. Enjoy.